All right, tonight I thought you would like a story before we get spiritual. Is that okay? And let me tell you about the story just for a moment because I think it just might entice you a little bit. This is called Mrs. Collingsworth and the Jesus Beetle. Does that sound like a story that you would like to hear? I think it is a story that we can all relate to. I think every man can relate to this. I think every woman can relate to this as well. My wife has a problem with bugs and spiders and all things that crawl. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Several years ago, my wife and I, we had very different work schedules. I would work really late. Sometimes the wee hours of the morning, I would get home. I would go to sleep. About that time, my wife would be leaving probably an hour or two later, and she would be gone for the day. Well, one morning... She wakes me up when I'm supposed to be sleeping. Men, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and she says, Joe, Joe, the young, the young people at Mr. Collingsworth is what she says at home. But uh, she goes, Joe, Joe. She goes, you got you to gotta, you gotta come help me. I, I, can't, I can't get ready for work. And I go, what? I said, Allie, what is the problem? She goes, there's a spider in my bathroom. I said, do you realize what time it is? Do you realize that? I'm tired. She goes, but we need the money and I have to go to work and I can't go to work unless I kill the spider. So I crawl out of bed and I, and I walk to her bathroom because it's just pretty much her bathroom at this point. And I walk to her bathroom and, and this is just something to take note of. As I'm on the way to bathroom, I see a red party solo cup on the ground upside down. You know, something that shouldn't be there, something that's just out of the norm. I take notice of it. I walk in the bathroom, and you know what? I, I kill the spider, which took a whopping two seconds. And I walk back, because I want to go back to sleep, go back to the bed, I crawl in bed, and I just can't. That red Solo cup's really irritating me. So I go, Allison, what is the red Solo cup doing on the ground? She goes, oh, I just put another spider there for you to kill when you'd wake up. Now, this has nothing to do with the actual story, but if I could just say this, how is it that women are scared of spiders and, and, and bugs, but you have one serpent in their life and they condemn all men to hell? That's just what I want to know. <clears throat> but one day I was, getting, I was getting off of work. One day I was getting off of work and um, I was on my way home and I worked probably about 25 minutes from the house, and depending on the speed, we all understand what that means. And um, I get a call from my wife. Now, I'm not saying you should, you know, talk to people or text and drive or anything like that, but we all understand when your wife needs to get a hold of you, 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 need, to, you need to find out what's going on. So I answer the phone. Now, I, I'm not going to relay everything that I heard, but the moment I pick up the phone, I hear her phone hit something, and she's screaming in the, ba the, the, the background. Now, when I say screaming, I, I mean she's screaming like she's being murdered. Now, to a man, your heart drops. I just got off of work. I'm 25 minutes away. There is no, nothing I can do. What do I do in this moment? Do I call the police? I'm saying, Allison, 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 what is going on? Still screaming like crazy, mind you. Hearts dropped. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm pressing the barriers of the law. Do you know what I mean? I'm scared for my wife. That's how, that's how, that's what the screams were doing to my heart. And she finally gets on the phone. I'm like, Allison, what is going on? Did somebody break in the house? Do you know where the gun is? You know, you know what I'm talking about. And she goes, it, it's just a beetle. It's a beetle in the room. She goes, you need to hurry up and get here and kill the beetle. I said, Allison, I am 25 minutes away from the house. Do you, I, for, I'm sorry. Do you not see the stack of shoes you got in the corner of the room? You take a shoe and you hit the beetle with it. And she's screaming and everything like that. And I can only tell you what goes through my mind. But she takes the shoe and hits the beetle, and she's still screaming. I said, did you, hit the is the, did, you, did you kill the beetle? And she goes, I think so. I hit it with the shoe. And I go, okay, then what's your problem? And she says, you still need to get here and throw it away. <laughs> and then she's still screaming some more. I said, Allison, what is your problem? And this... God is my witness. This is the, ne the next few things I couldn't make up if I tried. She says, what if it were to come back alive? <laughs> this is God's honest truth. God strike me dead if I'm lying. I said, Allison, it's not Jesus. <laughs> and the moment I said that, all I could hear is her screaming, going, it's a lie! It's a lie! It started crawling out from underneath the shoe. I got home, and I could never find that beetle. But I like to think someday he's going to be back. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter number 5, if you would please. Luke chapter number 5. And uh, while you're turning there, if I could just say it's an honor to preach this evening, uh, but it's also an honor to serve with our staff and our pastor. Uh, so much goes on behind the scenes, the various ministries we have from the school and the college and so forth, but it's an honor to serve this church. It's an honor to serve your young people, and I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in the future. Uh, this evening, I want to be very practical. Um, the Lord laid this message on my heart this week, and uh, I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and when uh, the Lord was done, I was done with it. And so I say that to say I don't believe we will be long tonight. Now, don't get your hopes up, but I don't believe uh, we will be long tonight. I don't believe in adding stuff to a message to fill a time slot. I think if God gave you five minutes and it was fully, some of you are like, yes, please, just if it was... <laughs> If it was fully of God, there's more that I could do in five minutes in the power of God that I can in 30 to 40 to 45 minutes. But I want to be very practical. And uh, what I want us to do is I want us to keep our theme a double portion in mind in all that we are trying to accomplish this year. Because if you, if you, if you didn't know, we're not too far away from August uh, we are at the halfway point, if I could say, and what we don't want to do is become distracted as a church. 
What we don't want to do is we don't want to become discouraged. We don't want to lose focus on what we are trying to do and what we are trying to accomplish because what we do now can impact future generations. As school starts back up, as we get back to the uh, normal routine, if you will, in just a couple of weeks, we must be determined uh, to focus on what gets God's attention. Because we need God's blessing. As much as we like to take credit sometimes, we cannot do what we have set out to do alone. We need God's blessing. We need God's blessing in our marriage. We need God's blessing in our home. And we need God's blessing on this church. And I believe it is. But there comes a time we must renew and recommit to the vision. What's the saying? It's not how you start, but how you finish. We started the year excited, did we not? We uh, started seeing God do some amazing things, but we need to make sure that we keep up the momentum and, and finish as strong as we started. And tonight I believe the message will, will help us concerning this. Luke chapter number 5, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God... He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were fishing or washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had uh, left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes uh, which they had taken. Notice verse 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 5. And this is after Jesus told them that they should launch back out into the deep. Uh, Think, if you will, before we consider the thought, Jesus is reminding them of their purpose. And there are many applications to this, but there is a subtext, if we can read between the lines. Uh, Jesus is saying, you didn't do all of this work to leave empty-handed. You had, you, you had a goal, you, you had a vision. Don't let one night discourage you from a blessing. D- don't let your lack of faith hinder you. Launch back out into the deep. And in verse 5, Simon makes this statement. Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. We could make the application that we have come this far but we don't have as many blocks as we want. We've put in the effort, but don't see the results. Listen to this very carefully because it is an important part of the message. We, uh, we, We don't see the results, though there are results, the results we want to see. Now we're sitting on the shore washing our nets, perhaps wondering 
what it was all for, overlooking the fact that God is using what they have to reach the multitude. And God says, hey, I want you to be faithful. I want you to launch back out into the deep. But master, we have toiled all the night. For just a few moments, I want to speak to you on this subject. When you've toiled all night. When you've toiled all night. Heavenly Father, we would come to you this evening. And Lord, we would ask that, yes, you would encourage us, but Lord, that you would speak to our hearts tonight in this matter of a double portion. Lord, we have come this far. I ask that you would give us the strength and the wherewithal to continue and to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We ask that you would strengthen us and encourage us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. That word toiled speaks of one who works hard. It speaks of one who works through difficulty, works through transition. And I think if any church knows what that's like as we've moved from location to location to location, you know what that is like to work through all of those logistics and all of that difficulty. But we can simply say tonight, it speaks of one with a work ethic, uh, one who is busy, one who has a purpose. And the Bible tells us that we all should be about our Father's business, that we should walk worthy of our vocation. In essence, the Christian should not be idle. Uh, the Christian should not be lazy. They should be productive. They should be busy. Busyness is an important part of the Christian life. Busyness keeps us out of trouble. Busyness will keep those young people out of trouble. It will keep them from idle time and idle thoughts. It keeps them from being influenced by Hollywood or influenced by the social media influencers of our day, even those that claim to be Christian. And you'll have to forgive me. What I'm about to say is purely my opinion, but I would rather have our young people be influenced by Christian men and women in their own church, people that they know, character that they see, than someone who claims to be a Christian. And they may be, but someone who has never proven character in their life. But busyness is an important part of our life. It, it builds character. But we also know that it is possible to become so busy that we miss the important things. And we could list many of those tonight about our relationships, friends and family time uh, with, with your wife, uh, like killing spiders and uh, things of that nature, uh, going to your child's ball game and, and things of that nature. But suffice to say, if we're not careful, we can become too busy to spend time with God. If we're not careful, we can become too busy even for the things of God. And though busy, we can neglect our prayer life, time in the Bible, being a gospel witness. And yes, sometimes if we're not careful, too busy even for church. It's sad but do you know how many young people over the years that I've known that have sat in a church like this and they go to a Christian school and yet when they're asked, did you read your Bible today? They go, no. Did you pray today? No. I was at camp and I'm not saying it was our church, but I was at camp recently and uh, we were talking to some of the teenagers and I just asked one of the kids one day, I said, hey, did you read your Bible and pray this morning? And they said, no, I do that at night. 
That's fine. I'm glad that they pray and I'm glad they read their Bible. They prayed one time. I remember a day when they said, hey, evening, morning, and at noon shall I pray and cry aloud. I say all that to say sometimes we can become so busy that we fail to see the goodness of God. And if we fail to see what God is doing, we'll fail to give him glory for it. We can become so busy that we will fail to see the fruit of our labor. We'll be so busy from Sunday school class to the church service, from the church service to choir, or from orchestra back to the seat that we'll not see the visitors in church. And we'll fail to see what the Lord is doing. You see, we want the end result. We desire the end result, do we not? We desire the buildings. We desire the space. We desire our church to be doubled. We, we, We desire that and we will toil all the night for the end result. But because we don't see the end result when we want to, we can become discouraged even though God is blessing. Please take note, bombastic growth, though a wonderful thing, if it is not of God, if it is manufactured, is unstable growth. But slow growth and steady growth, though sometimes is hard to see, though sometimes gets overlooked, though sometimes is not at the pace that we want, comes from a place of strength and stability. Yes, we have toiled all the night, but as a church, we must renew and recommit to launch back out into the deep. What does the Bible say? Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. When Simon Peter told Jesus, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing, Peter was saying, Lord, we've tried. Lord, we put in a lot of effort to no avail, so they thought. It's time to call it quits. It's time to focus on something else. This didn't work for us. And though they did launch back out into the deep, as the scripture tells us, we know that they did so half-heartedly. Instead of lowering the nets, plural, like the Lord instructed, they let down one net, and the net, the Bible says, broke. Think of all the blessings they lost when that net broke. Think of all that could represent. It would be a shame for the Emmanuel Baptist Church to come this far, to have toiled this long to let down one net. I would argue, and we can debate about this, but I would argue though God could snap his fingers and bring about a multitude of fish, it's just my opinion, but I believe the fish were there the entire time. And though I am not discounting that God blessed, I believe all the work they had done, all the bait they had used, all of the effort they had put in had been preparing them for that moment. But they had to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. They had to have faith. They had to renew and they had to recommit to the vision. They had to be willing to launch back out into the deep. We know what their vision was as a fisherman. It was to catch fish. But do we not have a greater vision? A greater vision for our young people? A greater vision for our church? 
a greater vision for our city. When we think of our theme, a double portion, we have a goal, we have a desire, we have an expectation. We use this verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I wonder if all of these things could be a double portion. I would argue so. But listen carefully. I want to jump right into the outline. Listen carefully. Number one, we must understand the reward is not in the expectation. The reward is in the faith. The reward is not in the expectation. The reward is in the faith. I am afraid that we have too many Christians today expecting God to bless. And praise the Lord, he can bless. But we do not have the faith worthy of it. Perhaps we do as a church, but as, as a nation... You see, we can go to every Baptist church or around the area and across the nation and we can ask them, do you want God to bless? And they'll say, oh yeah, I want God to bless. Oh yes, I want revival. Right. But is their faith worthy of it? Good. You see, faith is an action. Faith moves mountains. Faith gets God's attention. Faith launches back out into the deep. Faith lets down the nets. The results we're looking for are not found in anticipation of what's to come, but in the actions of today. You see, many want what our church has to offer. Many want what our school has to offer, and many want what our college has to offer. They want the marriages it will produce. They want the kind of family it will produce, and they want those values. But then some of those same people don't even have enough faith to get into church. What you want doesn't come from some spiritual fairy dust. It comes from toiling all the night and then being willing to go back out and launch into the deep. Many young ladies will anticipate their wedding day. They'll anticipate walking down the aisle in a white dress. By the way, that's not going to happen by accident. That's going to happen on purpose. But let me tell you where it starts. It starts with the actions of today. It starts by deciding and determining today you're going to be pure and stay pure. Many young men will dream that they'll have a girlfriend or a wife. That's a big stretch for some of our guys, I know. That's why it's a dream. They'll dream of having a girlfriend or a wife. But let me tell you, the expectation of a good relationship and a good marriage is not something you learn on TikTok or Instagram She's not going to be impressed with your Minecraft mansion if you can't provide her a real home. <clears throat> no, it starts with building character now. And you know where you learn character from? You don't learn it from YouTube. You learn it from the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that our God is a rewarder of those that faithfully seek Him. Faithfully seek Him in prayer tonight. Faithfully uh, seek him in counsel. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. To these fishermen, if I could just be honest, it made no sense. It made no sense. The, the, these were, this was not a hobby for them. Now I know 
oh, this is going to get me on some real thin ice. I know we got some people in our church that fish, but that don't mean you're an expert. Now, if you fish and that's your source of income, by all means, you're the expert. For these guys, it wasn't a hobby. For these guys, them not catching fish meant they didn't get paid. It, it, it meant something to them, but it meant no sense. They, they, they had already been on, on that sea. They already knew what to expect. It, meant, it made no sense to launch back out in the deep. Listen very carefully. Not because of their expectation, because they had none. But because of their faith, they were rewarded. No man will go to heaven because of an expectation. Just because you go to church, that, that doesn't mean you're on your way to heaven. No, 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 no. No man will go to heaven because of an expectation, but by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I would remind us as believers in Christ, the blessings we seek in building a work for God are not in the expectation, but faith in action. You say, my prayer didn't get answered. Did you pray again? I'll tell you something my wife and I do. My wife is just a, she's a reader. I mean, she is just fanatical with that stuff. And I, I wish I had that. Personally, I do. My dad was a reader. My sister's a reader. I mean, they, they, if they all combined, they could probably rent out U-Hauls of books. It's just the stupidest thing you've ever seen. But they, they're just, she's a reader. But when my wife begins to read, maybe you have a spouse like this, she will not hear a thing that I'm saying. Not one thing. And sometimes we'll be sitting on the couch and I'll be talking about something that's important. Side note, if it was her and it was a bug, she'd expect me to listen to her. It'll be about something important and I'll be talking to her and I'm not kidding. Ten minutes will go by and I'll ask her the question. What do you think we should do? Dead silence. Allison, sorry, Mrs. Collingsworth. What do you think we should do? What, whatever, and she looks at me, whatever you want. I, you did not hear a thing that I said, did you? Of course I was paying attention. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> but my wife and I, uh, we, we just do this from time to time. We might be walking out the door. Or, uh, we'll be on the phone. This is God is my witness, this has happened before. Uh, my wife and I, obviously, before we hang up the phone, we say, I love you, bye, and hang up. One time I didn't say, I love you, bye, and I just said bye and hung up, and she, called, she blew my phone back up. She goes, excuse me, sir. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, I love you, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> but when we don't say it back, we get louder about it. I love you. I love you. Hey. I said I love you. I love you, babe. I'll talk to you later. Does that not work? I like to think of that as, in your marriage, launching back out in the deep because you didn't get to love you the first time around. 
You say, you say, I read my Bible and didn't get anything out of it. Well, probably not with that attitude. But could I ask, did you read it again? You say, I told somebody about the Lord and they, they didn't get saved. I guess this soul winning thing, this being a witness didn't work for me. Well, hold on just a second. Did you tell somebody else? You say, I invited somebody to church, but they didn't come. Probably because they know you, but that's a different story. But did you invite somebody else? Did you follow up with that individual? Did you launch back out into the deep? You see, the reward is not in the expectation. The reward is in the faith. Number two. Number two. The reward will come, but only through our faithfulness. The reward will come, but only through our faith. This is where we've got to be very careful as a church. I believe this is a church of faith. But I believe we're human. I believe we all get discouraged. And if we're not careful, we won't put forth the same effort the remainder of the year that we've put in at the beginning of the year. And because we won't be as faithful as we were, we'll miss what God has for each and every one of us. I want you to think about this. God blesses faithfulness. The reward is found in our faithfulness. It's found in our obedience. I believe that is to be true. It's found in our faith, but it is born out of routine. Remember, faith is an action word. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. It starts with the word seek. Seek is an action. It is something we must do, but we must seek consistently. Not just when it's convenient, not when it fits our agenda or fits our schedule. No, we must learn to be faithful. Faithful to what God has given us. Faithful to what we have been entrusted with. Not just while we're in school or to get through college, but because God deserves our faithfulness. I think of the walls of Jericho. I don't know about you, but to me, this story, if, if Joshua was my pastor and he were to come to me and tell, hey, we're going to defeat the city of Jericho and this is how we're going to do it. I'd be like, our pastor has been smoking something. Because I don't know how in the world, I don't know how in the world he came up with that conclusion. I think of the people when Joshua said, okay. We're going to walk around the walls of the city several times. And after a while, if we do uh, certain things and put God first, God is going to bless and the walls are going to fall. That logic just does not make sense. I would imagine it would be similar uh, when a pastor gets up and says our theme for the year is a double portion. And this is what that means. You'd probably think he was smoking something. Now that I think about it, he is in New Mexico, but that is a different story. As crazy as that would be, you know what the people did? The people had faith. And the people began to walk around those walls. But I would imagine after a while, after toiling all the night, the thought must have come, is this really going to work? Is this really going to happen? Listen carefully. They didn't just have faith. They were faithful to see it through. 
Can I tell you when the walls fell, they didn't regret one moment being faithful. And I just want to encourage you tonight to continue to be faithful in your tithes and offerings. Continue to be faithful to the Great Commission. Continue to encourage people to be faithful to church. Uh, continue being that different kind of missionary who not only supports those abroad, but is faithful to give the gospel to their neighbors and co-workers, to their friends and family. You see, we must be faithful. We must be faithful to our prayer life. Uh, God is not going to do a work in this church if, if we neglect our prayer life. We must be faithful to our prayer life. We must be faithful to seek His face and seek His counsel in the Word of God. We must be faithful to the things of God. We must be faithful to the house of God because it is there our faith will grow. What does the Bible say? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I don't know what it is, but lately there's just been some weird thing in the air apparently. We've had teenagers come and uh, they, they, they have a desire to grow. They, they have a desire to want to be here and do things. And, and they'll do something wrong because all kids are stupid and they're going to do dumb things. But you know what the punishment has been? The punishment hasn't been to take away the TV. The punishment hasn't been let's take away their Xbox or PlayStation or whatever it is. The punishment is you can't go to church. Will somebody tell me how that makes sense? You mean the answer is to keep them away from being more like Christ? You know, if they'd be more like Christ, they'd probably clean up around the house. If they'd be more like Christ, they'd probably listen to you more often. But the answer, no, you see, what the problem is, is people have become unfaithful to the house of God. Number three, number three and we're through. The reward is not only found in our faith and in our faithfulness, but it is found in seeking after righteousness. Think about this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and it doesn't say righteousness. It says, and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Not the righteousness of man. Not, not the approval of man. Not what man thinks is right. I, I am so confused about what man thinks is right today anyway. They don't know what gender they are. They don't, know, they, don't, they, they don't even know how to have a good home anymore. They don't even know how to be good human beings in society. You, my dad would tell me this, and I've come to know it true, but you see somebody and you wave at them, and they look at you like you're crazy because you waved at them. You are trying to be polite, and they're ready to pick a fight for you because you are trying to say hi. Our society has become very crazy. But, but, but think about this for just a moment. Think back to what the Lord was doing, why he used Simon's ship, why he used their vessel. The Bible says he taught the people out of the ship. The people had come, the Bible tells us in verse number one, they had come to hear the word of God. Jesus was teaching them the word of God. Jesus was preaching the gospel to the multitude. You see... They loaned their vessel to the Lord so the gospel could be preached. That was a righteous act. They could have uh, hindered what the Lord was trying to do. They could have grieved what God wanted in their own life. But they chose to seek after His righteousness. I believe this to be true in one word. Before they launch back out in the deep, it's in verse 5. 
after tolling all the night, frustrated and perhaps discouraged, before they forsook all and followed him, I believe in one word it, it identifies that they sought after his righteousness. It is when Simon looks at Jesus and says, Master. Master, the one with all authority. Master, the one who can heal the lame and cause the blind to see. Master, the giver of life. Master, the captain of our salvation. Master, the one who would conquer death and hell. Master, who would rise again from the dead. Master, who is coming again. Master, whose love knows no end. Master, holy righteousness. I want to be like him. Hey, guys, why don't we forsake all and follow him? Master, I have toiled all night. Can you imagine what the disciples would be like if they were the average Christian today? Master, I have toiled all night. Don't you know things are different now? Master, I have toiled all night. We know church work better than you. We do this for a living. Master, we have toiled all night. Don't you know that church is different today and music is different today and dress is different today and, 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 and language is different today and we evangelize different today. You mean like the world. Let me just throw this out there. Why are we trying to reach the world through worldly persuasion? Is God's power not enough? I think it's just a question we have to ask. No, Peter said, Master, and I paraphrase, though we have toiled all the night, we seek your righteousness, nevertheless we'll launch out into the deep. You see, we need some Christians today who know Jesus as their master. Who will forsake this world and will forsake uh, the world's perversion and its liberal ideology. We need some Christians who have faith in Him, who are willing to be faithful to Him and to His cause. Some Christians who are willing to seek after His righteousness. As a child of God, all that we do, understand, it reflects on His name. What we do as a church reflects on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps in our lifetime at this moment, there are more people than ever that don't know what it means to grow up in a Christian nation. Regardless of what they call it, to grow up in a Christian nation, let alone a Christian home. Back home at, in Ohio at one point in time, one of the strongholds of fundamental churches was the Akron Baptist Temple under the leadership of Dallas Billington. Revival was happening in that area. People were being saved. People were growing in the Lord. But if you were to go there now, that same church that was once thriving for the Lord Jesus Christ is now abandoned. It is overgrown. A building that people break into for shelter and other vices, if you can imagine. Just a couple decades after his death, a ministry that touched the entire city now has a city that only has about two or three churches running buses. And I'm talking about a city that is overrun with religious gatherings. A city that I lived in uh, after college uh, for over nine years. And with the exception of one, not one church ever came by my house and knocked on my door and gave me a gospel track or an invitation to their church. 
We know what that's like in the South. Pick up a rock, throw it, we could hit another church. But when's the last time that church came knocking on your door? When's the last time you saw them trying to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, kids would ride our bus and they would see a Bible. And God is my witness, teenagers who would say, what is that? And you'd say a Bible and they'd go, oh, is that what that is? We don't have one in our home. I've never owned one before. Think about this. In a city that was once thriving for the Lord Jesus Christ with one church alone. Now, just decades later, there are teenagers that don't even know what a Bible is. We're not talking about some other country. We're talking about in America. What happened? Some stopped seeking after his righteousness. Our nation was better off when our homes were strong. But our homes were strong because our churches were strong. And our churches were strong because our Christians were strong. And our Christians were strong because they sought after the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand we are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. When we yield our vessel to God, we are seeking after His righteousness. And if people cannot see the difference God's righteousness has made in you, how can we make a difference in the lives around us? When we seek God's righteousness, we desire to be different. We desire to be like Christ. When we seek after His righteousness, we seek what God seeks. And the Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Being a gospel witness is not something we do out of convenience. And though we have time set aside for such a purpose, you hear me now, being a gospel witness should be who we are more than something that we do. Without the gospel, there is no hope of salvation. Without the gospel, there is no discerning of Scripture. Without the gospel, there is no power of the Spirit. And we need God's power today. And we've been promised that power, not for the cause of some corporation or some CEO, but for the cause of Christ. But if we seek after His righteousness, we will seek His purpose. When they forsook all and followed Jesus, they were not seeking the kingdom of this world or the approval of men. They sought His righteousness. And that's what God blessed. Think about what he told them. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know what Jesus was teaching them? And it's something that if you've been in church for any length of time, you know. Ministry is work. Uh, Building a work for God is work. And we must protect the work we are trying to build. We must be willing to fight for it. I tell our teenagers all the time, I said, I will fight for you even if that means I have to fight you. By the way, can I just say this? Your pastor will fight for you. But don't be upset when that means he's got to come fight you for you. I think about Noah. Noah was a man of faith. And Noah was faithful. I don't know if God given me a task to build an ark. I don't know if I'd be that faithful. Can you just imagine my wife? Honey, we're supposed to go get two cockroaches. (laughs) Two beetles. But Noah was faithful. But you know what they also called Noah? They called him a preacher of righteousness. 
I believe there is a principle we can take away from this, and, and I'll be through. There are several things we can do that God blesses, but take note of this. Before they received the blessing, after toiling all night, they had to be willing to launch back out into the deep. I'll say it like this. They had to give a double portion to get a double portion. And I don't mean of your tithes and offerings either, although that can apply. We have to be willing to give of ourselves if we want to see God do a work in and through our life. God has blessed and God is blessing. But he blesses faith, not expectation. He blesses our faithfulness. And he blesses those that seek after his righteousness. And so tonight, if we feel weary after toiling all the night, remember, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we have spent